0: of Chandler Conference, so please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Welcome to the Free Sermon Podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon.
1: And uh, we thank you, musicians and singers, and uh, thank God for everybody here tonight. If you have your Bibles, let's open up to Psalms, Psalm 103, Psalm 103, Psalm of David there. We're going to get into the Scripture here in just a moment. But uh, during the Harvester's homecoming, I was talking to a brother, and uh, we, we went out and we were fellowshipping and stuff. And, and you know, Harvester's a good opportunity to uh, catch folks that you haven't seen for a while. And so we, we're fellowshipping and everything, and as we're leaving... I looked at his vehicle, I was like, hey, you got, a, you got a, new, a new ride. He's like, yeah. I said, well, what happened to your other one? He said, well, <sighs> so you sent me a text message a couple months back while I was driving down the road. And I made the mistake of opening and I was reading your text message. And I didn't realize the car in front of me had stopped. And I ran right into him and totaled their vehicle and mine. I was like, sorry bro, I didn't, he's like, it wasn't your fault, it was my fault. And so, uh, you don't have to lift your hand here tonight, but how many have had something similar happen, right? Or, uh, came real close at least, okay? And so what happened there? What happened was, my brother, God love him, he's a great man, uh, but in in a critical moment, he was focused on something of lesser importance and something of greater importance was what he should have been focused on. Amen? In the text we're going to read tonight, we're going to see uh, the Word of God trying to help us with this issue because, you know, it's, that's a fairly serious thing. A, cra- a traffic crash can be uh, obviously very detrimental. Fortunately, nobody was hurt or killed or anything like that. Uh, Just the vehicles. They uh, went to be with the Lord. But but our brother's fine and didn't hurt anybody. He was thanking God for that, praising God for that. But how we know that in life, we can fall into the same trap? There's really important principle things that really matter, but a lot of the time, we're focused on the text messages of life that aren't really... Somebody's phone, just ding. Look at that. <clears throat> I wonder who's. if God's talking to you over there. <laughs> mm. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't plan that. that was, you know, you got to take that up with Jesus, my friend. No, <laughs> and so, just kidding, calm down. And so, um, so we get big things in life, but we get focused on, Smaller things, don't we? We focus on issues, and we miss the bigger and the most important things sometimes because we're focused on the smaller. I want to minister tonight the proper care, the proper care and use of the soul. And we're going to look at Psalm 103, where David gives us some really good insight concerning this issue, and he brings the importance and, and the importance of and how to focus on the right things. Let's get in, into the text. We're going to read from verse 1. This is a Psalm of David, and the text says this, "'Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases.' Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in mercy, he will not always strive with us or accuse us is another translation of that, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. Then the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him and His righteousness to children's children to, as, to such as keep His covenant and to those who remember His commandments to do them. The Lord has established His throne in heaven and His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, all you His hosts, you ministers of His who do His pleasure. Bless the Lord, all His works, in all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The proper care and use of the soul. Let's pray tonight. Father, we do thank You for Your Word. I'm asking God that You speak to each one of us by Your Holy Spirit exactly where we are. Deal with us where we are and help us by Your blood and by Your Spirit to walk with You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And then I want to consider a couple elements from this text. First, I want to consider mankind. He talks about mankind. And then I want to talk about the Lord. I want to look at what He says about the Lord. And then finally, we're going to consider blessing the Lord with all our soul. So first off, we're going to look at mankind. Verse 15 of our text says, As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. And then the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. How many know it's very, very important that we remember that we are not here forever on this earth? We are going to pass away. I just ministered Sunday morning. I don't want to re-preach that sermon, but uh, it's appointed once to man to die, and after that, the judgment. And so this should give us a basic orientation towards eternity. How many with me? Because we're all going there. Right? This is this is a general focus we ought to have in life. And especially when we're saved. Amen. But I see a lot of Christians that get so focused on here and now that they miss eternity and and really get disheartened, distracted, and even sometimes unfortunately go shipwreck. So we need to understand a couple of things. You know, as humans, we need to understand what we do. Right? What do we do? Well, before Jesus, we live in sin. We live for sin. We live for ourselves, which is actually to live for the enemy of God and the enemy of our souls, Satan. How many are with me? That's what we do. And the thing is, we don't we often, and even as Christians, but, but especially before you know God. You have no revelation of what's, of of the terror of sin, and the power and the impact of sin. You know we recognize, oh yeah, bad stuff, uh, bad things. We do bad things. We're not perfect. Blah blah blah. You know, but but we don't get a rev- we don't really get a revelation. A lot of the time we poo poo sin. We say, oh, it's not that bad. At least I'm not as bad as that person or that one, right? At least I'm not, you know, like them. But have you ever thought about this? Adam and Eve, with one sin, and how many know eating some fruit off of a tree that God said don't eat off of that, doesn't seem anywhere near as big as, let's say, adultery, murder, genocide. How many are with me? Right? Doesn't seem like, I mean, come on Lord, I mean really? But with one sin, all of creation... Was plunged into incipient death and destruction. You say, what does incipient mean? It means we're all going to die. We're all moving toward destruction. We're in the process of deteriorating. How many with me? Right? You're born and you grow and then all this, and you're dying. (laughs) Right? And your body tells you that louder and more clearly every morning when you get up. Amen. The other night, I'm, I'm laying on the floor with my guys, the two little boys, and they're be- beating me up and stuff, and my, my littlest, or my Cade, he says, Dad, what happened to your head? I knew what he's talking about. I said, what? He said, did you cut all your hair right there? Bless your little heart. <laughs> We're temporary. We're not here forever. And it, was, it only took one sin. One sin entered creation, and all of creation has been devastated since then. Now think about that. How many, I, want, I really do want you, want you to raise your hands. Okay? Oh, God, again? Okay, well, bad pastor. How many have committed more than one sin in their life? And those of you that didn't raise your hand, you're sinning right now. No, just kidding. <laughs> How many know the nature of sin is to destroy indiscriminately? It does, you could, the, the committing of sin brings consequences. And it doesn't care who it hits, it just goes out. The consequences go out. Right? Maybe you suffered abuse in your life. Well, abuse brings consequences, and it, and it hurts, and it affects, right? You might be the victim of it, but how many know abuse doesn't want to just stop with making one victim? It wants to turn a victim into a victimizer, and a lot of time, what's amazing is people say, oh, I'm never going to be like, you know, uh, let's just say, I'm never going to be like my dad. I hate everything about blah, 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 right? Well, what's amazing is, in the flesh, many, many times the same people that say things like that end up doing exactly what daddy did right because sin impacts and it and it carries on it doesn't just stop it's not just one sin and oh okay <laughs> sorry about that we're we're good no sin has consequences amen so we under, we need to understand what we do we need to understand that we that what we do comes from who we are the reason we sin is because we are sinners, right? We're, that's, when you commit sin, Jesus said you're a slave to sin. And you do its will. You do the will of, your, of that, that sin. Now it's really interesting. You know God made us in His image. He made us in His image, but we've been warped and twisted by sin. And, and so now we're corrupt. We're corrupted. And it's amazing... Sin almost always takes what God has made for good and it twists it for another purpose and it becomes evil. Right? And we live that way. You need to understand, you know what? Just because somebody sinned against me doesn't make it right for me to sin against others. Okay? But this is is something that that plays out. And I'm not here to victim shame or anything like that, but we need to be very careful with the whole, hey, they did this to me, so that gives me the right to fill in the blank. Word of God says this in 1 Peter 3, Peter warns the church, he says, listen, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing, so we need to understand. Listen, we uh, we sin because we're sinners, but it's not an excuse, right? And sin affects us, and it affects our entire being. It's very interesting in our text. David says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name." Right? He's talking about his complete being, yeah. right? So we need to understand a little bit about that as well. How many know we are body, soul, and spirit? We're not just body. We're not just soul. We're body, soul, and spirit. Okay, Hebrews speaks about this, touches on it. uh, In Hebrews 4, verse 12, it talks about the Word of God. And the Word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so when David is talking about uh, praising the Lord and blessing the Lord with all, his, with all that is within him, he's talking about blessing God uh, with everything that he is, body, soul, and spirit. Amen. We're going to get into that in just a, a little bit deeper uh, here in just a minute. But how many know that blessing God requires a correct focus? By nature, we are focused on several things. By nature, naturally, we focus on us, number one. Looking out for number one, right? That's what I'm doing. That's, you, you hear that all the time in the world, right? Or do it to them before they do it to you. Amen? We focus on our own importance. Holy moly, we live in a self-important generation. A selfie generation, right? The Instagram vlog generation. Where, oh yeah, obviously, everybody in the entire world wants to know everything I do, every detail, every day, all day. Golly, dude, deliver us from... Man, I got my... Why am I going to waste my life watching somebody else's life? (laughs) I only got one of these things. I'm not trying to condemn you if you enjoy some, you know, whatever, some entertainment sometimes or whatever, you know... That's between you and God, okay? But man, the self-importance in our generation is breathtaking. People, the other day I was in Walmart, and uh, we're at the self-checkout line, and there's a line like 12 people behind me. And I was the next in line, and this guy comes from nowhere and just goes straight in and goes to the, there was one that opened right as he's walking up, and he just goes straight to it. I was like, "Oh, don't worry about that." You know, we all recognize that you're more important than us. I was, I was a little spicy. I'm sorry. I, got a <laughs> I was like, "Man, <clears throat> I'd already been waiting behind 12 other people." You know. Anyway, he he didn't like that I said that. I was like, "Well, oh, it's true, man. Geez." But this is this is us, isn't it? We're, you know. And I wasn't so mad that he. I mean, he cut in front of me. Yeah, that makes me mad. But I'm thinking all these other folks that are waiting back there. They're like, "What the heck, man?" Anyway. A lot of that comes out of (laughs) y'all. Need to pray for me if you don't believe. If you don't (laughs) pray for me, but we focus on our sufferings. We focus on our desires, right? We focus on our worries, our fears. You know what's interesting? What we focus on tends to grow. You ever seen those? uh, Wesley got this. uh, Ordered this little um, AK forty-seven Orbe shooter. Machine gun, that thing's cool, man. Unfortunately, he's had to tear it apart and fix it a couple times, but, but it shoots Orbeez. Anybody know what Orbeez are? Yeah. And so Orbeez, um, they're these tiny, tiny, like tiny little specks of little balls, and it's like a little tiny bag. And Wesley's like, yeah, there's 463 million of them in here or something. I was like, man. Yeah. He took them and he put them in water, and they all oh, swell up. Right? Well, that's what happens with our problems when we focus on them. And when we focus on everything that's wrong and everything that's going on in our life here, guess what? That stuff grows. It's like putting Orbeez in water. All of a sudden, my desires, problems, worries, fears, etc., those things are all bigger than God because I'm focused on that. Now, that's not reality, but it's my perception of reality, isn't it? So-and-so ain't doing what I want him to do. Mm. And that's the only thing you're focused on, right? It's the only thing you're focused on. Well, that's very dangerous, isn't it? And so we need to turn our focus to God. I want to consider, second, the Lord. David, in our text, he says, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And then he goes on, and he begins to speak about what God does, what the Lord does. First, he says, He forgives all, he says he forgives all your iniquities. Right. A little later, he says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Man, praise God. You know, as bad as we make things on ourselves with our sin, there is a solution. And that's, God has a solution for our sin. Praise God. Luke 7. Here, uh, Luke brings this out. And he brings out um, the hope that even the worst of sinners can be made right with God. In, in Luke 7, he's at the house of some religious Pharisees, and this woman comes in, and she's weeping, and, and, and she's ministering to the Lord, and these religious Pharisees are looking at this, and like, huh, this guy ain't no man of God. If he, if he were, he wouldn't let that thing touch him. Mm. And so Jesus under, He knows what's going on in their hearts, and, and so he tells this parable. He says, I almost read it in Spanish. He says, There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him more? Simon, the uh, Pharisee, answered and he says, Well, I suppose the one who he forgave more. And he said to him, You've rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed, me, washed my feet with her tears And wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. This is a cultural thing, okay, guys? Not that kind of kiss. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet. Right? They kissed the cheeks. She's kissed my feet. She's not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. It's far more valuable than what they would normally use. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, because she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. It's very interesting. You know, almost anybody you talk to will highlight that God forgives. God's merciful, right? God will forgive. God will forgive. But what's really interesting about that is that people who either haven't experienced this for, uh, forgiveness or who really don't understand it that much, they They don't really care. And it's easy for them to sin. It's easy for them to sin. But when you get a revelation of just how much God has forgiven you, it's not easy to sin because you don't want to break God's heart. Amen? Already spent all of my life up to this point sinning against God. I don't want to go another minute more when we get saved. How many are with me? right, when you really get saved. And if we will, even if, okay, let's say you're, uh, you grew up in church, right? I so, listen, I really appreciate church kids' testimonies. You know why? Because a lot of the time, we fall into the trap of, of oh yeah, uh, if a testimony of salvation is, uh, you know, oh, I was a heroin addict and a... Uh, this, that, and the other, and I was the worst of the worst, and I was murdering people, and blah, 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 blah. I I spent 173 years in prison, and blah, blah, blah. And we think, and then Jesus saved me, and oh, wow, that's a testimony. But how many know if you were convicted over one, the only lie you ever told in your life, and you really had a revelation, you said, oh, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you fell to your knees and said, oh, God, please forgive me. I want to I want to be washed, I want to be cleansed, I want to know you. And Jesus forgives you. That is a testimony. And that's a powerful testimony. Because you didn't have to, you weren't as stupid as I was. <laughs> out there blowing your brains out in all kinds of insanity. You were able to have the Holy Ghost convict you over a small sin. How many know. No, listen, if Adam and Eve can eat a fruit and blow all of creation into chaos and destruction, how many know there is no such thing as a small sin? Right? I mean, obviously it's better to not murder somebody. You think about it and you don't do it than to just follow through with it, okay? Yes, but but every sin is enough to separate us from God and send us to hell and when god forgives one sin if he can forgive a small sin he can forgive a great sin and there's the same blood was shed for both of the sins the same blood of jesus amen now if you don't have a revelation of that you're right here you're oh how long till we can go eat dinner amen cuz you're focused on me and i don't have a revelation of who god is god forgives our iniquities. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you, in other words, he, he covers you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And if we'll allow Him, He'll fill us with that too, that we can pour that out and, and extend that to other people. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Oh, that's really that's too true in America, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He renews your youth like the eagles. Well, that sounds like a good promise, doesn't it? But He only does that when we're focused on Him and we're walking with Him. We realize who He is. Isaiah 40, 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not be faint. Why? Because we're strengthened by the God of all creation. Amen. He executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. This is great encouragement to me. I'm Tell you what, man, I try not to look at the news, it just, it's so infuriating and frustrating. And people are, oh man, I mentioned the other day the issue of crime and everything. Ecclesiastes eight eleven says this, Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. In other words, because they're getting away with it, they do it even more. Right? right? But he says, Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked, nor will he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he does not fear before God. How many know God's going to bring, he's going to execute righteousness and justice for all who are pressed. I was mentioned to my dad, he says, Are you in Jacksonville? I said, Yeah, he says, "Oh, okay, you're back from wherever you were going last time." I said, "Yep." I said, "Yep." Here until Saturday. He oh, where are you going on Saturday? So we're going to Washington D.C. We're going to, uh, we're doing a God and Country um, uh, event, and uh, so it's a good opportunity to just kind of witness to my dad a little bit, you know. And he says, "Well, tell Joe to get out to get lost way up there." I said, Daddy's he's already lost. <laughs> he needs to get saved because how many know he's gonna stand before God, and it's not gonna be a good day." It's going to be a bad, not just day, it's going to be a bad eternity. Amen? There's blood on those hands. There's blood on the hands of many of the leaders in our nation and, and many people in our nation. And we need to pray for them because they're going to stand before God. They're going to have their day. They're going to have your day. Don't allow their wickedness to get your focus off of God, though. That's a trap. How many are with me? You can get so vexed over all the bad that's going on in the world and all our leader. Yeah, Uncle Joe's such a black that you miss God. Oh, listen to, listen to our text tonight. Verse 20, where is it? Verse 19, "The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all." Amen. That hasn't changed. It cannot change and it never will change. Because God is in control. How many with me? Amen. I want to consider lastly, bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, because the Lord is in control, there's nothing that's a surprise for Him. He does have a plan. And our responsibility isn't to figure everything out. Our responsibility is to know Him and walk with Him daily. And not get distracted by everything else. That's why David says, listen, If you read through the Psalms, David went through plenty in his life to be distracted from God. Didn't he? Persecution of his enemies, his own sin, his own lusts, his own... I mean, he had all kinds of wealth and all kinds of responsibilities that could take his focus off of God. But time and time and time again, all throughout the Psalms and throughout his life, we follow David. What does he do? He... Yeah, he kind of... But then he comes to a point and he focuses on God again. And he comes back to where he needs to be. And so David says, listen, he's speaking to his own soul. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless Him. (laughs) Do it! You will bless God! Anybody ever have to do that? Have you ever seen me driving and that's what I'm (laughs) doing? Don't worry, I'm just... Trying to refocus. <laughs> bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits. We need to bless God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Jesus said, uh, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, your mind, and with all your strength." This is the first commandment, and the second is like it: love your neighbors as yourself. Amen. Jesus also said in John four twenty four, "God is spirit, and those who worship Him." Must worship in spirit and in truth. It's not enough to just be a good person. It's not enough to just not sin. It's not enough to just uh, work hard. It's not enough to just show up at church. Listen, we need to bless God with everything that we are. This means worship God. Amen. You know, we it's literally illegal to worship God in some of the nations of the world. What we, we come into song service. When was the last time you considered that? Probably never, most of us. But we come into service, and we're, we got all this sound equipment, the screen, and, and we're making noise, right? And, and we're praising God, and we're clapping and lifting our hands. There's people in other parts of the world that wish to God that they could gather together like this and worship God, but they can't, not legally. If they do it, they're going to wind up In prison, or dead, amen. But there's a there's a danger that comes along with that. We come in, we're not we're we're, you know we're distracted in in worship, aren't we? Sometimes. Sometimes it's just within our within our own head. You know, it's it's interesting to me. The Bible talks about worshiping God, and it uses terms like "I will lift my hands," "I will lift my hands." Why does, it say I, why does it have to say, "I will lift my hands? Because <coughs> sometimes you have to will to lift your hands. Why do you have to will it? Because you don't feel like it. I can't be the only one tonight that you praising God and it's like, oh, no, I'm going to worship God, because He is worthy. It's not about me. That's the other, that's the other extreme. Everybody see I'm lifting my hands over here? No. That's not what it's about. Right? I'm going to run down the aisle and dance in front of everybody. Woo! Look how much I'll get my praise on. If you do that, we got some ushers that will tackle you here. (laughs) And they'll escort you to the back. You can do that out there. Sorry. Anyway, but I see some folks, you know, I mean, there's fingerprints on the tops the backs of the chairs in front of where they stand, where they sit. It's like, I will not lift my hands. I will not clap. Why not? Because I can't keep a beat. Well, welcome to the club. Took me two years. I'm not joking. Took me two years to be able to clap on beat once I got saved here. Some of you guys remember, you're like, dude, just can you at least clap quieter so you're not throwing me off. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> I just love Jesus, man. (laughs) The Bible doesn't say make a perfect noise. It says make a joyful noise. Why? It's talking about praising God, blessing God with all that we are. Why? Because of how I feel. No! Because I'm... No. Because He is worthy. He's worthy. We lift our hands... Not because we're showing everybody how holy we are. I had that wrong mindset. I remember coming into service and getting saved, and I see people lifting their hands and speaking in tongues, and I'm like, man, I wish I could be on that level. Some of you are like, what? <laughs> but that's where I was at the time. Now, God helped me, gave me a revelation. We don't lift our hands because we got it all together. We lift our hands because we need God. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, come help me, because... Yeah. Woo! I need you. It's also, I'm surrendering to you. Because there's all kinds of stuff pulling for my attention. No, I will focus on you, Lord. Amen. I'm not going to strangle this poor chair in front of me to death. I'm going to worship God. Amen? That wasn't in my notes, sorry. But if we're going to worship God with all that's in us, there's a couple things David tells us. First, he says, I will do it. Bless. He commands his soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Right? So He's commanding Himself. You will do this. Sometimes we have to say that. You will do this. In Psalm 40, uh, where is it? Oh, I just had it. F- Psalm 40, well, I'll just tell you. I lost my, okay, 43 5. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my accountants and my God. I don't feel like it. My soul is cast down, depressed, uh, discouraged. I've been thinking about my finances, blah, blah, blah. I will praise God. I will not allow myself to be cast down. I'm going to praise God. He's worth it. I'm not going to forget His benefits. You know, it's really healthy to remember where we've come from, where God has brought us, what God has done in our life. Hebrews 10, 32 talks about this. I don't have all the time tonight, but he says, recall the former days when you were after you were illuminated. You, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened to you, but you didn't care because now you're saved and you'd lift your hands anyway. Amen. So you make up your mind. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to forget his benefits. And think about this. Last thought, and we're going to pray. David says... At the end of this psalm, he says, The Lord has established His throne in heaven, His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word. And then he says, Bless you, bless the Lord, all, uh, all you His hosts, you ministers of His who do His pleasure. And then he brings it right down to himself. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Think about this. If you've ever read Revelation, Revelation has a lot of glimpses of heaven what's going on there. Revelation 7, listen to this. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You might be all alone in whatever circumstance you're in. But can I tell you, when you lift your voice and you say, I will bless God I will, Paul said, I'll, I'll praise God in the spirit and I'll praise God with my understanding. And when you do that, you join that heavenly host in real time. The angels of God, praising God, the host of heaven. I mean, that's powerful, but it's not even to be compared with the God that you're worshiping when you do that. And can I tell you, heaven comes down when we praise God and we bless God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and spirit, even in the midst of everything else that's going on in life. Amen? That is the proper care and use of the soul. Let's pray tonight. I just want to invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment.